19-year-old Kada Dervishi didn't set out to start a business. She just wanted to make a unique birthday present for her mom. But when that gift made her mom cry with joy, she knew she'd hit on a great idea. Now, Soulmate Customs is a seven-figure e-commerce business with a huge and growing following. The number one thing is how we're a personalized business. We make gifts for absolutely everyone and anyone, no matter what age you are. In the first year of business, we hit a million in sales, which was incredible. You can have an incredible product and an incredible idea, but if you don't know how to advertise it and put it in front of people's faces, then no one will purchase. Success is going to be there and it's going to come and you're going to see people reaching out to you themselves without even you trying. Let's hear how this Gen Z founder hit the $1 million milestone in just 11 months. Kata, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So let's get to that origin story. When and why did you start Soulmate Customs? Yeah, so it actually started in 2021 in July. I was looking for a gift for my mom's 50th birthday, and I really wanted it to be extra special this year because it was such a big milestone birthday, and she's definitely my soulmate, so I really wanted this to be special. And I opened up Google, and I was trying to find something in advance that was very, very unique, and I couldn't find anything. So then after much thinking and thinking, I thought of the idea, what if I create something myself? So I thought, what if I take a picture of me and my mom. I draw it, so outline over it, and then embroider it onto a hoodie or a sweatshirt. And I made it, never thought anything of it. I thought it was cute, but we'll see what her reaction is. Her birthday comes up and I finally give her the sweatshirt and she started crying like I've never seen her cry before emotionally, obviously in a good way. And she almost immediately, she said, Kata, this is the most special gift I've ever received. We need to start a business out of this. This is genius. And that's really how it started. So did you always know that you like wanted to be an entrepreneur and start a business at some point and like this was just the idea or had that not occurred to you yet when kind of this happened? It never occurred to me that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I mean, growing up, I've been in the entertainment industry my whole life. I used to be a singer, actress, dancer, so very social and outgoing in that part. And anytime anyone would ask me, what is a plan B? I'd say there's absolutely no plan B. I'm going to be a singer and anything that's behind that can be behind that. But I'm going to be a singer. Little did I know. (laughs) I love that. But your parents are entrepreneurs. Is that right? Yes. So growing up, my parents have been in business their entire life. And I literally grew up watching my parents in business. I'd go and attend their interviews and their trainings. And I was very, very curious. And I'd always be there every step of the way, anytime my parents would do anything in business. And I feel like I got a lot of the business side of me growing up watching them. So in that moment of your mom wipes the tears from her eyes, she says, this is a business. What then happens? How long did it take to kind of get the business up and running? And what were those major hurdles in the process? Yeah. So once we decided that we wanted to start a business out of this, everything just flowed super quickly like nothing has ever flowed. I had a couple other businesses. They were very small, but on Etsy and different things, I've had my own website before, but nothing really major came out of them. And we decided to create Soulmate Customs and I created a website myself. I came up with the brand colors and the name and different things and everything just flowed super quickly and it came up and running. And only in the around the third or fourth day, I got my first order and it was history ever since. Was there any fear of failure or hesitation to taking the leap to starting a business? 
Not really. I mean, I grew up watching my parents make decisions in a split second, like major decisions for their business, and they never went into it with fear. It was just, you know, we're either going to do something wrong and we're going to fix it, or it's going to be for the absolute best. So even when creating Soulmate Customs, I never had anything to fear of. Either it's going to be successful that I didn't even think, I never thought we'd be here today, or it'd just be a failure, but it's not that big of a deal. Can you talk me through some of those initial startup costs for Soulmate Customs? What were some of the major expenses that you had to fund before the business got off the ground? Yeah, so it started with an embroidery machine. I already had an embroidery machine from the previous business that I had. It was a $300 embroidery machine. So even if we count it as an expense for Soulmate Customs, let's say it was you know the $300 embroidery machine. And then really, it was just the Shopify website account that I had that was, I think, around the fee was like around $30. And that's pretty much it. Everything else was, I didn't really need to purchase anything else. What were some of the mistakes or the bigger mistakes that you made starting the business? And what'd you learn from it? And then ultimately, how did you recover from those mistakes? So in the beginning, everything went pretty smoothly. We were just so incredibly happy that we saw so much success super quickly with Soulmate Customs. But one of the biggest challenges that was in front of me, but thankfully, because I had my parents who had been entrepreneurs and are entrepreneurs, they guided me on how to fix that. So in the first week when we exploded in orders in our business, I saw that within around one to four weeks, we had around 4,000 orders to fulfill, if I remember correctly. And the sales were just coming in and coming in and coming in. And I remember going at one point to my mom and I'm like, mom, this is insane. We're in our house with a small $300 embroidery machine. There's no way we're going to be able to fulfill all of these orders on time. We have to shut down the shop, just you know, pause it. And then once we fulfill all of them, we continue. And my mom looked at me like I was absolutely insane. <laughs> and she was like, that is the last thing we are going to do. We are so blessed to have this many people in our website and purchasing. So we're going to find our way to do it. No matter what it takes, we're going to find an office. We're going to buy more embroidery machines. We're going to hire people. We're going to do it. Just let the sales come in and let the success keep going. And I feel like if I didn't have my parents, my first initial thought would have been, okay, I'm going to pause the shop and then you know do it with drops or continue later or something like that, which probably would have been a very, very different from what it was right now. So I'm very, very blessed to have had my parents there for me. We're going to kind of unpack some of that like success and growth in just a second with a few more questions later. But first, I want to ask about being a Gen Z entrepreneur. You know, we've talked to a couple of other members of your generation on the show in the past, but I'm curious what you see as the kind of main advantages and disadvantages of being an entrepreneur and a member of Gen Z. I mean, one of the main advantages is definitely being young. You have a lot of energy. My mom kind of calls it like a we have like the brain of a sponge. So we understand everything super quickly. And another thing is having social media. I seriously have no clue how businesses would do their marketing before a social media. Now we're at the absolute perfect moment where we can be making sales and targeting people without even paying a dime and paid ads. So I think we're super lucky for that. And then for the disadvantages, I think it has been challenging for me because I'm young to 
hire people because whenever we do interviews, there's people who come in who are, you know, older and they see me being young and they think, okay, maybe this is not a well-established business or because she's young, it won't continue for a long time or because she's young, she won't be a great leader. And I think that has been a challenging part. I remember in the beginning, because this would happen where people wouldn't really answer their phones whenever we'd call back or anything, because we just needed employees in the very beginning. I remember then I started to ask my mom or my dad to come in the interviews and interview with me. So I'd have someone, an adult be with me. So yeah. How do you deal with that challenge of, you know, leading employees that are older than you have, you know, maybe at times have felt that they have more work experience and real world experience than you for whatever that means. And, you know, obviously, at a certain point, they'd accepted the job. So they knew what they were getting into. But how do you handle that on kind of a day to day basis? Definitely. I mean, in the beginning, I was super insecure about it. I remember when we hired our first ever team member, I told my mom, like, mom, now we have a human here. How do I possibly let them know, like, hey, please don't work on that, but work on this other thing. And the age difference is like huge. And I felt so bad to even tell someone to do something. But I think even up until now, I've learned that you have to be very confident at what you do is super important and know what you're doing. And number two, just be kind. Because of course, it's super important to be kind because you never know what other people are thinking or what they're going through. And I would never want to have someone perceive me in a way that I'm arrogant or spoiled because I'm young. You have to be careful with it. Definitely. Listeners, as a reminder, we have talked to a lot of young entrepreneurs who found unique ways to start a business. If you're searching for inspiration, you'll find 61 of the best business ideas for teens in 2023 on the Upflip blog. Just click on the link in the show notes. So let's go to that first sales start rolling in. Was that the business, I assume, was profitable right away? In the first year of business, we hit a million in sales, which was incredible. But of course, I feel like I don't really count it in a way that, oh, it was profitable. Every single penny was reinvested back into the business because we kept on growing and growing and growing. And in order for us to grow, we had to keep on purchasing more inventory and purchasing more machines and getting bigger office spaces. So every single penny was reinvested into the business. With that kind of rapid growth and business development happening, how have you maintained your energy and motivation to keep grinding as the business has grown? I think it's still something that I'm learning to manage. It gets really, really stressful at times and very overwhelming, but I think it's very important to take some time for yourself at times. For example, one of the things that I do is I go to the gym. Even though I'm super, super tired after work, I still force myself to go to the gym because once I'm there, I feel really accomplished. And then other than that, I feel like this is not spoken a lot. I listen to a lot of podcasts. And I think one super important thing to manage your mental health is going out with friends at least once a week. I have a rule that I'm a very social person. Personally, I thrive on being social and hanging out with friends and just being out and meeting new people. So I've kind of set a rule for myself that at least once a week, I need to be meeting friends and being social and meeting new people. And that way I can really step away and not think about business and like the stress and the overwhelming part of it and just focus on fun and just making new friends and just making sure that I'm also being a person of my age and not just being in business, but also spending a good time of, you know, my youth, if that's correct. Yeah, I love that. What was the biggest challenge of growing the business once you got started and how'd you overcome that? 
I think one of the biggest challenges has definitely been consistency. Anytime that anyone asks me how many times do I post on social media per day, I say five to eight videos per day and people look at me like I'm insane. I think consistency has been something that has made us successful up until now. And it's something that's definitely super difficult and not talked about enough. I think once you do continue to be consistent, you kind of just make it a habit and now it's just a part of your life. But it's definitely a lot of hard work and not just consistency and the videos you post, but just in business in general and in what you do. What is that secret sauce that has helped Soulmate Customs grow and differentiate itself from other kind of print-on-demand stores? Yeah. So I think the number one thing is how we're a personalized business. We make gifts for absolutely everyone and anyone, no matter what age you are or what gender, or we have different occasions that we do, like for marriage, proposal, for baby showers, for birthdays, for absolutely anyone and everyone. So I think that's definitely a big one. And then, of course, most of our audience and our customers are Gen Z. So we make sure that we also treat them back with that energy of Gen Z. Like, for example, I train our customer service. If our customers are writing in all caps because they're so excited to get their order, I tell our customer service, you are free to use the best emojis and all caps that you can possibly use to kind of mirror their excitement as well. So treat Gen Z like Gen Z so you can feel more connected to them and they can feel more connected to you has been a big one. Is this a seasonal business? Are there busy and slow times or is it pretty steady throughout the year? It's definitely not steady, I'd say. It depends. I wouldn't say, yeah, maybe like seasons, I'd say. But of course, Q4 is like la la land for business people. And then January, February is like, it makes you want to just cry yourself to sleep because it's really scary once you're so used to those three, four months of like, you know, October, November, December of all of that success. And then all of a sudden it's January and February and you have so many expenses coming out of your account because you have such a big offer office, you have so many employees and you have all those embroidery machines to pay off and many, many more. And seeing the accounts kind of having, you know, expenses, but not really gaining much is a very scary thing to see. But I think we've gone through this for the past two years. So I think I'm just learning how to control the stress once January and February comes. And while we're in that period of time, I just think of, okay, what's next? What can we do? And once again, we are on social media. So at any time, a video could blow up. And it's very important to just keep on going because it could be January and all of a sudden you blow up. And for the next four or five months of the beginning of the year, you're in La La Land once again. So I think just don't give up and don't think negative. Just be positive, you know? What's been your happiest or proudest moment with the business so far? And why did it make such a big impact on you? Great question. I think moving out of three office spaces super quickly within the first year in business. I think it was one year or one year in a couple of months. I don't remember exactly. We were able to scale so quickly that we moved out of two office spaces and now we're in our third office space in which now we're at our dream place. We have, I think about seven office rooms and one big production room and also an inventory room. So I never thought we'd get here, but that's definitely my biggest and proudest and happiest accomplishment. What is the number one piece of advice that you have for scaling revenue of an e-commerce business? 
Marketing. Absolutely marketing. You can have an incredible product and an incredible idea, but if you don't know how to advertise it and put it in front of people's faces, then no one will purchase. So just make sure to market and target the correct people and market as many places as you possibly can. So you can market not just one platform, but multiple, and you never know who you attract. So just attract as many customers as you can and put yourself out there. Very important. When you first opened, how did you go about connecting with those early customers that, you know, ultimately led you to really, really rapid growth there in the first few weeks of the business? Right. So in the very beginning, I didn't have any customers. So what I started doing is I'd take pictures of celebrities like the Kardashians. I took a picture of all of the Kardashian sisters together and I outlined it and then I filmed a video with that. I did Noah Beck and Dixie D'Amelio at the time who were together. And then I did also Gigi Hadid and Zayn Malik. I also did stuff of like personal, like me and my dog. So it was more of a personable video. And then from marketing myself in that way, that's when we got our first order. And then it was history ever since. And from what I've seen, it feels when I look at Soulmate Customs videos, it all feels very, very genuine and true and all the kind of like good things that people say about marketing to Gen Z. But I'm curious how you went about developing the Soulmate Customs brand and identity. Yeah. So in the beginning, I'm very used to my parents just uh, going or throwing themselves at things without even planning much. So I kind of just got that from them where I'd start other businesses and I'd throw myself into it. And then along the way, I'd figure out what to do. With Soulmate Customs, it was a little bit different. I wanted to plan it a little bit more, even though everything still happened very quickly. I just came up with a good name, like Soulmate Customs, something that I truly thought was great. And then I developed, like I chose three colors, which were red, of course, because of love and then black and white for our brand. And then I made sure that the embroidery machines that I had in our videos were with our logo. I designed the logo myself. And I feel like from having at least that small brand identity, it helped me a lot to grow because people got a little bit more of an established brand feeling. But then along the way, it just got more and more and more established. I didn't really overthink it. Just the most important things I did. And then we established the rest along the way. This is going to bring us to a portion of the show that we call our Fan Blitz questions. These questions come from our YouTube community. You can go to youtube.com slash upflip, join the community and post questions to future podcast guests. Kate, I've got about five questions for you. We're going to try and do about a minute. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. The first one comes from Bart. He wants to know how has achieving this level of success affected you so far? It's definitely given me confidence, which a lot of young people my age lacking. I'd say it's given me a lot of confidence. Leadership skills have been there. And of course, the experience has been incredible. And for the journey wants to know, how do you make a gift unique for so many customers? I mean, we're a personalized business. So every single customer's order is different from the rest. It's all personable. So we take people's pictures, we outline them, and we put those onto sweatshirts, hoodies, and different products. So that's definitely one of the most unique ways to sell a gift. Maluri asks, what led you to e-commerce? Were there any previous skills that carried over into the business and helped out? Definitely. I mean, e-commerce, because everything is now online and we have such a great opportunity with that. And then previous skills has been social media. I've always kind of had a passion for social media and like off in that way, I'd say, or marketing in that way. And I had many viral videos go viral in the past from other businesses too. So I think that's definitely a big skill that helped me within the business. If you could sell a Soulmate Customs product to one celebrity, who would it be? 
Sarah Blakely, without no hesitation, I love her. I love her company and I definitely want to be like her. So yeah. And if you had to go out and get a job working for somebody else, what would your strengths be as an employee? Mm, Great question. I think social media, of course, being a fast learner, I've had it since I was very young and also being able to do many tasks, not just social media, but I feel like a leader has to be good or learn things very quickly and do a lot of different things. So I think that's been things that have made me successful. That is going to do it for our Fan Blitz questions. If you're a return listener and have not rated or reviewed the show, it would mean the absolute world to us at Upflip if you would go ahead and do that. You don't even have to pause the show. You can keep listening and you can just do it with your thumb right now. It'll take you less than 60 seconds and it'll help us more than you know to help as many entrepreneurs as we possibly can. So please go do that now and let's get back to the show. Kata, let's talk about social media because obviously Gen Z, the first like social media native generation, talk to us about how you've utilized social media to grow Soulmate Customs. I think one of the most important things that we've done in social media has been approaching our business in a way that we always put our customers first. So we're very lucky. I mean, I feel like anyone who comes in and works as a content creator for us, I always tell them that this job is like La La Land because there's a million ways to promote you know, this company. And I think a lot of it of our success has been showing off our customers' orders and their incredible stories that they put in their order notes. So that has been huge. One of the things that does differentiate your company is the time you take to respond to your customers online. And why is that kind of communication important to a business? I think it's super important because especially to a small business, because people sometimes get skeptical with small businesses, like, okay, are they going to be that professional or not? And seeing that you're very responsive and especially the tactic that we have in responding in a way that's Gen Z. So we speak the language and showing them that we're young as well has been very important for them to feel a little bit more comfortable and not just be customers, but be full on supporters and fans of our brand. I can hear just the other small business owners shouting at their radio right now saying that takes so much time to do. Like, do you have any tricks to like streamline those kind of customer interactions so that it isn't, you know, just taking over the whole company? Yeah. I mean, for us, it's very important to be efficient for all of our team members to be efficient in what they do. I think it's going to be very different between the social media platforms. For example, we answer messages only on our emails and on our DMs on Instagram. DMs are going to be super quick, only a couple of seconds to actually respond to someone. It's more of a less professional platform. So of course, it's expected for our team members to be much more quicker on DMs. And then emails, it's usually customer inquiries or issues or different things that are going to take a little bit more time to respond to. But I think all Always making sure that everyone's efficient and making sure that they don't overthink at what they're doing and how they're responding to customers, but definitely taking that little bit of time to write something extra. Like, I just saw your order. If they're asking like, oh, where's my order? And the customer service person says, I just took a look at your order. And actually she lets them know exactly where their order is. And then she says, I saw the picture that you submitted into your order. I think that your story in your order is absolutely incredible. I love how you're going out of your way to give such a special gift to this person person. And I hope we get to see the person's reaction once they actually get the sweatshirt or hoodie or whatever they're purchasing. But saying that extra line that makes it more personable with the customers really has been very a part of success for us. 
you want to see them enjoy the gift that they've gotten. So on the website, there's not just customer reviews. You've got videos of them opening and enjoying the products. Are you soliciting those videos from your customers or how are you getting that level of engagement from happy customers? Yeah, well, I think we're also very, I I can say lucky or privileged that we have a product that is special enough and unique and personable enough where people are already excited in itself to see their product. So once they do receive that package or even from submitting their order, they have a huge chance that they can even get to see their order on social media because we post our orders all the time. Something that's completely different than any other business that we do. We post orders all the time in the making. So we post them in our stories in the embroidery machines while they're being made. We post them in our videos. We go live so often and we show them off on our lives so they can get a chance to actually see their order. And then once it does come to them, they are so excited to get it that they already have their camera on. Also, another thing is because we've gained so many social media followers, they want to post that on their page because they know that we will repost it ourselves. So... I feel like it just comes with the success. Once you do work hard and gain those social media followers as well, it comes with the success too. Are you doing any advertising outside of social media or is it all contained within social media? I mean, currently we do focus on organic growth. It's very important to us to focus on organic growth because we're seeing so much success through that. We don't just do social media. My mom always has the saying where she says, spread like an octopus. Very similar, like don't put your eggs in one basket. So always whatever is new in the industry, any new platform, hop on it immediately. Like Threads was new, ended up not even being that great of a platform for us. And it's not like it brought us anything, but there's a lot of platforms that the second that you just grab it and start posting, you actually see yourself blowing up there. It's very important to hop onto platforms quickly and be on every social media platform. So it's not just TikTok, be on Instagram, on YouTube, on Pinterest, on any other platform that you can think of because you never know where your success might be. And then of course, the email and SMS marketing, super important, doing blogs, being on Facebook, just spread it like an octopus. (laughs) You were a candidate for the Forbes 30 under 30 list. How should a new entrepreneur get the attention of that kind of big name press? Once again, going back to my mom, as you can see, she's my biggest inspiration and I, I take her advice so seriously. She's always told me that in business, it feels like you're going to be focusing so much on what you do and your success. She always tells me like, you know, horses, they have blinders on, so they only see straight. It's the same thing in business. You just focus on your craft and focus on what you're doing. And then time is going to pass by. You're not even going to feel it. And once you put your head up to see what's happening around you, success is going to be there and it's going to come and you're going to see people reaching out to you themselves without even you trying. Just focus on yourself and opportunities will come. But something like Forbes 30 under 30, I've dreamt of my entire life. So I did apply to it myself indeed, but we'll see. I'm not on it yet. So we'll see. And I have, even if I don't get in this year, I can, I have, what is it? Eight more years, nine more years to get into it. So yeah. I love it. We'll be following along as soon as you do get on that list. We're looking forward to seeing that. So talk me through the steps of customer places in order to the finished product gets shipped. And I'm also interested in what parts of that process are automated and which ones are handled by a person. 
Yeah. So the customer makes an inquiry or they place their order. They have to submit their own picture and choose exactly which product they want. We don't just have embroidery. We also have engraving and printing and different options. So they place their order. They submit their favorite picture or their favorite memory that they have. And then immediately once a customer places their order, our outliners get the notification and they're assigned order numbers on what to work on. And then they go ahead and make their order. Usually it's made within four to six six hours. And then once their order is outlined, the customer gets an email. So the customer also, it's automated in a way that they get emails in every process that your order is, which is super exciting. After it's outlined by our super incredible, talented artists, then it gets digitized to be ready for the embroider machines. After it's digitized, it goes into processing. So that's when our team members check to see how the outline came out and make sure that it came out as pretty as it can possibly be. And they print out the shipping label. Once the shipping label is printed, it goes onto the inventory room to pick out the inventory. Then it gets hooped and then it gets put into the embroider machine. Now the embroider machine is manual. You do have to put the information in yourself and then it gets embroidered by the machine, obviously. Once it's embroidered by the machine, that's where I step in and I check which ones I want to keep for content and which ones I just want to get packed and ship already. So I split those bins together. And then once I'm finished, I put them to get packaged and then they get packaged by our team members and they get shipped out. Which of the products are the most popular? Definitely the hoodies, hoodies and sweatshirts, but especially hoodies. They have been our top most popular item. Is that also the more profitable item or are there products that are more profitable but less popular? No, I think the hoodies, because they're super popular, they have definitely been the most profitable. You've also got spicy items that are available. What gave you the idea to add that kind of specific product category? So actually in our first year in business, when I started, you know, doing the customized items and we started blowing up, I get a DM. It was at the time where I was still checking the DMs. I get a DM from a customer saying, hey, I want to gift a gift to my boyfriend, but I want it to be a little extra spicy. Do you feel comfortable if I submit a picture of just me in my bikini? It's like semi-spicy. I'm still in my bikini, but let me know if you feel comfortable because if you don't, that's totally fine. And I was like, Girl, that is absolutely genius. And I was like, TikTok is going to explode with this. And I made it. It came out incredible. If I remember, she also wanted sleeve embroidery. She wanted like XO and her name, it started with an M. I think like Mela or something like that. I don't remember exactly her name. But she was the person who started this trend. And then it has been insane. Like I never thought that I would be doing spicy pictures of people, but it has been such an incredible other type of niche, I guess to say that people have been absolutely loving. And it's very controversial too. So like people fight in the comments and it's <laughs> it's great. Has anyone sent along an image that was either like too risque or something that you couldn't print for whatever reason? And what did you do in that situation? So this is the down part of being a business that's mostly Gen Z focused. We're on TikTok. So 90% of people from TikTok orders from TikTok, they're Gen Z. So of course, you're going to have people who are going to submit things that are, what's the correct word to say? 
something that you wouldn't imagine to see <laughs> with your eyes. <laughs> so they submit that. And of course, the outliners let us know. And then we have to contact them and say, hey, you know, thank you for so much for placing your order. We appreciate your order. But unfortunately, we're unable to make a picture like this. Can you please change to another picture? Usually they're fine with it. And then there's other people who try to fight you and they're like, you know, you're a custom business. You're supposed to do everything. And we're like, I'm so sorry. We want to be family friendly too. So yeah, it's pretty funny. I guess outside of that, what is kind of the most common issue that customers may run into with products or during the process? And how do you either prevent or address those issues when they come up? One of the most common issues that has happened up until a few weeks ago has been us not knowing exactly where their order is within our office space. So a lot of people are like, okay, where's my order? And usually our customer service has to go into every single room to check exactly in which process it is and see where it is to make sure that it's, you know, fast tracked or being sent and they're not waiting for a long time, which has been crazy because we have so many orders and it's so hard to actually spot an order. So now what we did to fix that, we implemented another platform within Shopify where we are able, all of our team members scan anytime that they're touching the item or dealing with the item, working on a customer's order, they scan it so that we have a platform where we see exactly in the hands of which team member it is. So if it's currently in outlining, we know the outliners have it. If it's currently in embroidering or packaging, or I held it because of content creation, then everyone can know. They just go into that platform and they'll know exactly where it is. So we kind of automated that in that sense. And it has been incredibly helpful. What's the next goal for Soulmate Customs and what are you doing to reach it? I think because most of our products are gifts, 90% of our products are gifts, it's very important for us to have very quick processing times. But it has been difficult because we're a personalized brand and not just personalized like we print on demand. It's personalized to the point where we have to turn people's personal pictures into art. So we hand draw everything and basically nothing is automated, only the actual embroidery machines. So keeping the processing times is definitely a big uh, goal that we want to do. And how we can reach that is, you know, implementing this new system, getting used to the new system. And that way we can make our work go more smoothly and know exactly where things are and where we need to focus in which area of team members we need to focus that are taking longer to actually ship these items. Having a support network can be hugely important for any entrepreneur and young entrepreneurs, especially. You've talked a few different times throughout the interview here about how important your mom has been in this process for you. Where else do you turn when you need advice or support? And what advice would you offer to other young entrepreneurs on finding that kind of mentorship? I mean, as we said, my parents have been a huge, huge help within the business. But other than my parents, I really do make sure to surround myself with people who are like-minded, who have businesses. It's very difficult to find people that are my age and young and are doing successful in their life, not just in business, but in whatever industry that they might be in. To be working hard in what they're doing and be successful at it, it's hard to find people like that. But I think you just have to find your way to find people, for example, going on social media, not being shy to reach out to people whenever you have the time and just being social. I know firsthand I've experienced this, that your network is your net worth. It's very important to be surrounded by people who are like-minded, who can help you whenever you need a person to turn to in whatever way that is. And of course, 
If you don't have friends, you can just go on YouTube and you have so many videos where you can watch to help you with absolutely anything. You have incredible books that can help you with whatever question, whatever answer that you're looking for to get. So it's not just friends. Friends are definitely important, but I know it's hard to find good friends in that aspect. But, you know, there's never an excuse. There's always a solution. So you'll find your answer whenever you need it. What's your favorite part about being an entrepreneur? I think facing challenges, even though it's very stressful, it can get very stressful. Facing challenges is definitely a big one because before Soulmate Customs, it was COVID and it was very boring. When you don't have anything to deal with in your life, that's when people really develop things like anxiety and depression. But when you're busy in your life and you're going through obstacles and different things and you don't have time to think of things that are negative like that. So I think having constant challenges is keeping me busy and keeping me not to have burnout. I think that's something that I'm very grateful for. What's your least favorite thing about owning your own business? The stress. It's definitely stressful. I can't lie. I think a lot of people who are young, there's this thing that's going on on TikTok. And I, I hear a lot of people, everyone's goal is to be a business owner. But I feel like it's not talked about enough. Being in business is very difficult. Like it's not easy at all. Everyone portrays it in a way that it's like, oh, having your own business, you know, you're living your own life, you have your own money. But actually it takes so much work and dedication. I can't stress it enough. So if you're trying to be in business, just know that it's not going to be easier than having a job. It's going to be much more difficult, but it's going to be much more rewarding. If you could pick the one thing that listeners take away from this interview, what would it be? I think don't focus on paid advertising, but rather focus on growth, focus on organic growth. It's very important. As I said, spread like an octopus, put yourself out there as much as you can and focus on that. Just market, market, market and find a way to not be salesy when marketing. The second that someone smells that you are being salesy, like saying, hey, this is my product, please help support me because I'm a small business. Nobody's going to care. There's millions and billions of small businesses out there. Find a way to show off your product product in a unique way and show it off by number one, emotional selling. And number two, basically just literally any way that it's not selling to sell. But even like if you talk bad about your product, but say it in a sarcastic way, people love that or doing things like burning your own product and testing out how durable it is. Those do really great. So find a way to uniquely advertise your product without being, this is my product, please buy from me. What's your favorite business book and why? I have two favorite business books. Number one is The Secrets of a Millionaire Mind. And number two is Speak Like a CEO, which I'm currently reading by Suzanne Bates. I love Speak Like a CEO because it talks about how important communication is, not just in business, but in general, especially in business. If you want to be a leader, you have to be very confident at your speaking abilities and Also, you have to be very clear at what you want. So communication is one of the most important things when speaking to your team or even with your family or in life or when you're trying to sell yourself or sell your business or your product to anyone. So make sure that you speak well, you have a big vocabulary and just know how to communicate and sell yourself in that way. Kata, where can people connect with you and learn more about what Soulmate Customs is up to? We are on TikTok. We are on Instagram. We're on YouTube where we post vlogs as well. We're on Snapchat. We're on Facebook. We have our own website. (laughs) And there's going to be many, many more platforms in the future. But you can just search us up at soulmatecustoms.com. And I thank you all for listening. And thank you so much for having me on this podcast. 
That is going to do it for this episode of the Upflip Podcast. Listeners, if you like this episode, go to the resources section in the show notes and check out episode 61 with Dylan Capshaw, who started a 30K a month coffee and flower shop when he was only 16. Make sure to click the follow button to be the first to get new Upflip episodes every Monday, and we will see you next week. Kata Dervishi of Soulmate Customs, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. 